Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy Stevens. Hey guys, we've got a pretty exciting podcast for you today. Um, It's just me right now. Sana is off doing amazing things, as she usually does. But we're really excited to be bringing you Mackenzie Cadenhead. Now, Mackenzie used to be an editor here at Marvel before my time, but she worked on some phenomenal books in the Ultimates office. Mackenzie is a name that's kind of been passed around in the hallways. Now, she and I missed each other probably just by a year before I started working in 2006. But we would always talk about the different people that had come before us. And, you know, she was one of those fierce voices that people would talk about uh, who went on to go do more amazing things outside of this office. Not to mention, she is Sana's mentor. Not only did Mackenzie hire Sana into comics, she also convinced her to stay into comics. And from there, Sana ended up here at Marvel. And we would not be anywhere without her. So we talked to Mackenzie about mentors and the mentors that Mackenzie had at Marvel when she was here, not to mention the different people that she mentored throughout her time, including Sana. And we finally learned what Sana's Twitter handle means. So when Mackenzie worked here in the early 2000s, she worked on a lot of great books, including Runaways, which got her really interested in young adults and children books. And from there, she's come full circle back to Marvel, and she's currently writing our Marvel superhero adventures early chapter books, which are great for young readers out there. So with no further ado, it's your turn, Mackenzie. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free! Just go to ZipRecruiter.com W-O-M. That's ZipRecruiter.com W-O-M. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I'm very excited. This is a really exciting <laughs> podcast. So if you guys have like heard me talk about my experience, how I got into comics, I always reference this uh, lovely name, Mackenzie Cadenhead. And now she is here in person. We dragged her to come and do this awesome podcast with us because Mackenzie's been doing a lot of awesome things. She's a children's book writer. Uh, She's written YA novels, middle grade novels. She's uh, now uh, writing uh, this amazing... I guess early reader chapter book for called Marvel yeah. Superhero Adventures, which we have over here, which is really amazing. I h- highly recommend that you guys check it out. And I feel like we forgot one important piece that she is your mentor. And she is my mentor, yes. She's the reason I, I actually got in comics and actually more importantly stayed, stayed in, in comics. comics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for coming here and leaving your three awesome children. Oh, thanks for us. having me. Why don't we talk a little bit about your background? Let's talk about the history of Mackenzie, how you got into comics, but like prior to that, because your first choice wasn't necessarily comics, right? No, I I started in theater, actually. I am the child of two theater professionals. So I grew up in New York. I learned at a very young age that you work for a while, then you try something different, you know, and I was raised in the arts. And so I 
got my master's in dramaturgy, of all things, because everyone knows what dramaturgy is. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's basically an editor of plays, and you work on productions to work with the directors and the designers and the actors to kind of flesh out whatever story is you're working on. And at a certain point, I thought, I really need health insurance. That would be a really helpful <laughs> thing. And I started just talking to people. That was kind of, that. I just started talking to anyone, saying what else might be interesting out there. And a friend, Elisa Quitney, who was an editor at Vertigo, Elisa said, well, what is it that you like about theater? I said, I love the visual and the storytelling. And she said, you need to look into comics. And so I started just reading a lot of comics. And I, I was in my early 20s, I think. At a certain point, I said, yeah, this is great. I would love to edit comics. Who do I talk to? And then I realized, oh, right. It's an industry that people are dying to be in, and it doesn't really work that way. But it did. I got really lucky. A woman who I went to grad school with was working at uh, Marvel at the time, Teresa Focarile. I am, by the way, a story of women helping other women, it seems. As I'm saying it, I realize. You're at the right podcast. Um, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> but I also think that's the story of Marvel. It yeah. very much is. Yeah. 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 And so Teresa brought me in for an interview, and I very luckily was, I, I said the right things, I guess, and I got hired, and I ended up in a great office with Nick Lowe, who's still here, and uh, Ralph Macchio, and it was the Ultimates office, and that was where I started, and it was the best group of people, and um, all of my theater training absolutely applied. Um, dramaturgy is so interesting because it's really about facilitating communication between different artists. And that's exactly what comic book editing is. So it fit. And I had an awesome time here. And I started working on kids comics. And we started a new line. It was actually, I think it was Marvel Adventures then too. And then I worked on new character stuff. Runaways was one of the first books that I worked on. I think they had done one issue and I started on issue two. Um, and then we did new character stuff. And um, I worked with Mike Carey on Spellbinders, which was great, and Mike Perkins. It was also a time when we were saying, okay, there is an underserved audience out here of girls who are interested in comics. And it's great. They love the stories that are out there, but let's maybe try to do some stuff specifically that they might be interested in, particularly as young adult fiction was getting really popular then. So yeah, so it was just, it was a really fun, exciting time. What would you say is the thing that really drew you to comics and what makes it such a special storytelling experience for you? Well, comic book editing is not something you really go to school for. There may be some programs now, but it's an apprenticeship. You learn from the people around you. And C.B. Sabolsky was the person who taught me how to art direct, essentially. And, and Klaus Janssen would come in and do these amazing, amazing tutorials. And literally, it was just literacy. It was a new form of literacy, which was something that was always of interest to me, continues to be of interest to me in the stuff that I do for kids. And you know, it was the visual with the text. One of the reasons why I love writing for younger kids and why I love comics for that's specifically geared towards younger children, although my son reads everything, um, is if you are lost in, in any way in what you're reading, the art is there to support you. If you can't read, like my three-year-old daughter can't, she looks at a comic books, she knows the story that's going on. So it's it's an amazing medium for promoting literacy. And, um, and, and by literacy, I just mean how to actually uh, understand story. And I think you bring in kids young, you, you introduce them to the universe by showing them stuff that's made for them. And then you've got, they have a place to go for life. And some kids don't 
uh, there's so many kids that like different stories. And there's a lot, particularly I hear from librarians, a lot of young boys who don't, who maybe are not jumping at reading. And so it's like, well, comic books, but they love the comics. I'm like, then let them read comics. And there's nothing specifically like it. It's also the most collaborative medium I've ever worked in. Um, Theaters, I'd say actually a close second. I mean, truly, it's phenomenal. Well, um, Mackenzie was the first person to like train me up in actual comic book editing. I had never really edited comics before. And... I remember you telling me like how I had a very natural inclination to art direct. Yeah, I still say that. Sana was the best natural art director I had ever had as an assistant editor because everybody has their skill set. And some people, a lot of people come in with a story background as I did and sort of learned the visual there. And Sana could just pick it out on a page and just knew it instantly. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, let's cultivate this skill <laughs> because it's it's so important. And and there have been, I think there are books that can suffer. If you can't follow what's going on on the page, then the art can be beautiful. But if you can't get it, then the story is lost because the words and the art have to go together. Yeah. And that was such an incredibly like important moment for me because I realized one, I was like, oh, maybe there's something here. I know what I'm, I'm doing. But you were such a great teacher in explaining the process of editing, the ex- explaining the process of storytelling, like through visuals. And I remember Mackenzie would like ask me for my notes on something, and I would send over my notes, and then she'd come in and she'd actually <laughs> redline my notes. Like I've never had this experience <laughs> before. She'd be like, "Okay, great," and then she'd redline, and she'd teach me, you know. And we talk about collaboration, but she'd teach me how to talk to the artist, which is such an incredibly important skill because you need to you need the people that you work with to like respect you, yes, but also like you and vice versa. And so much of it is in the language that you utilize and how you, how you speak to them and how you show that respect. And that was such a little thing that like I don't think many people understand or are aware. And that's something I tried to pass on to the editors that I worked on. But um, such a gr- – just at little aspects of the, the, the storytelling process, but also just like the management process, the editorial process um, that n- not many people uh, are aware of. Yeah, I mean, it. it's not just with the artists, it's with the people that you work with. I it Dramaturgy, again, again, this is the most it's ever been talked about <laughs> in my podcast. Um, you know, the my training was basically improv. It was yes and. And it was working on facilitating communication through accepting people's ideas and then working with them and not accepting them like, this is great, let's do every idea. But hearing what they're saying and saying, great, and what if we then tweak it in this way and we work with this or bring this person's idea in there? And I think that that's for having an artist and a writer and an inker and a colorist and a letterer and then the compositor all work together because everybody has a hand in this and everyone deserves your respect as much as you want theirs. Uh, But it's also working with your assistant editors. And I mean, the goal is for everyone to succeed and for them, the product to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the day, I was also raised in Marvel of going out every night. And my <laughs> my group of people that I was with are still some of my best friends. Yeah. This is, of course, before you had children. I'm godmother to her daughter. Aww. She is. Lyra is the best. Oh, so actually my nickname. So this comes up a lot. Oh, yeah. Everyone's like, why do you oh, have right. the worst Twitter name of all time because no one can it's find the me. Best. I know because no one can find me. No one knows 
to uh, to look up, obviously, when they're looking for Sana Manith, to look up Minnie B. Right. But the nickname actually came from Mackenzie. Well, because I'm Mama B. Yep. I was not a mother at this time. Um, I I was just... Yeah, we used to call you Mama all the time. I was Mama. I don't know. A lot of people call me Mama. People who... Mark Annunziato calls me Mama, and yeah. I didn't even know him back then. Yep. And then so she was Minnie B. Um, she was my Minnie. Yeah. Because we used to... We, we used would to, go everywhere yeah. together. We, we were, were very like, much attached. Do you yeah. know Tvort? I gave that nickname. Tom ah. Brevoort's nickname. I'm just saying. Someone tried to take credit for it. I can't remember who it was, and I was enraged because that came from me. But yeah, you are the nickname giver. I don't know why. Yeah, it's an incredible. It was laziness. It was like, everyone's <laughs> names are too long. <laughs> I feel like you're also from a, a period of time where comics weren't as mainstream as no, they are now. That's mm-hmm. right. Do you think there was sort of more freedom to create ideas back then? Do you think that you guys were, or maybe limited in the same way? Because the internet really wasn't also no. as much a thing. So, and I swear to God, this was not like a hundred years ago, but it sounds like it. It's amazing. I think we tried more things, or I don't know if we tried more things because I'm not here now, but we definitely had a freedom. All the stuff that I worked on was let's give this a shot and let's make a story that works in six issues. <laughs> you know, the, the whole arc will be told. And then, and then if people like it, we can do more. And as I said, Runaways, Spellbinders. We did one with Mark Sumerak called Machine Team. Gosh, we tried so many different, and it was great because it was just who has a cool idea and that exists in this world. I did a great series with uh, Zeb Wells and Scotty Young, uh, New Warriors series, and they are the most fun people to work with. And it was hysterical. And it was uh, it was basically, you know, it was like the real world um, with superheroes. And we sort of were like, is anybody going to catch us on this stuff? Let's just see what we can do. And uh, and there was definitely a if you can make your case, have a go. And I was definitely someone who liked to make my case. I was I, you know, would go in hands on hips and be like, I think we should do this. And here's how we I was very, very <laughs> confident back then to try, say, I think this is how it should go. And sometimes people would let me try. And it was great. But that's the great thing about like our editorial staff, but Marvel in general, it's because it's so small. Mm-hmm. You can go in and pitch an idea and just see what happens. The worst thing they're going to do is say, nah. Well, and you can pitch an idea directly to the people who will make the decisions. And that is something that I'm so glad that that's still Marvel because, you know, it's, it's an exhausting job. It's uh, weekly publishing, which is just crazy, but I always had an audience and no one ever wouldn't let me in the door to talk to them. And it seems like that's still the case. And that's, I think how you get stuff done. You also just have to then have a voice, you know, you have to say, okay, I don't care if you don't like what I say, you just will say no and not be scared to do it. There's a lot of opportunity. I think if you, if you demand it. So you, your background is like you, you you're kind of like me in the sense you've gone to comics later on in life mm-hmm. and gravitated towards them. So, you know, I think introducing comics to newer readers and younger readers yeah. is something that has been, it seems like an intention of yours for a while. And now you're writing specifically Marvel superhero adventures, the chapter books. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and why it's so important to you? Well, I mean, it's important to me for a bunch of reasons. When when I left Marvel and went to Virgin, we did very dark, uh, mature comics, and it was great. But I sort of it was during that that I also realized, like, oh, my heart might be with the younger kid stuff because I had started to do that at Marvel and young adult and middle grade stuff. And I think a big part of it, 
that, and this again was before I had kids, but now that I have children, I, it's even more important to me is these are great aspirational stories. These are, there's so much to that, that the hero goes through that the kids can relate to that. And they're excited because they see these superheroes around. Why not tell them good stories in this context? So I totally I forgot the other part of your question. So, well, <laughs> well, no, but, Sorry. but well, I think you should talk about like what these stories are. I mean, Marvel Superhero Adventures, the intention of Marvel Superhero Adventures is to make sure that there's like an entry point into the Marvel universe. Right. And that was like also kid friendly. So we right. weren't you know, we weren't doing anything that was inappropriate. So style, so the style of it is meant to be a bit more kid friendly. The stories are meant to be, you know, they're adventure stories, adventure stories, but also like, a little educational, kind of in the the spirit of what Stanley well, was all about, right? Yeah, so, and I remember that's something Joe Casada said to me when we were uh, when we were doing the Marvel Adventures comic books, which again are something separate. But when we did those back in the day, we were talking about language, and Joe said. Marvel has always had aspirational vocabulary. Mm -hmm. And that's such an important thing that, again, it doesn't get enough credit for. Explain it in the art, explain it in the context, but give them a word that's a little hard and let them have a blast because they've learned something cool and new. And so there's definitely, that's something that I always hold on to. Um, And then language and words are fun. I mean, Stanley is the king of alliteration and I love alliteration. Mm -hmm. And and you want to make... The idea is to be fun. If it's didactic in any way, then it's just a snore, and then they're not—they're not happy. You know, why do it? What, so, what are what are the these three stories all about? So, I, I basically said I want to do, and I brought in a, a guy named Sean Ryan, who was also an editor at Marvel, to write with me. So we co-write these, and uh, and we said, you know, we want to tell Spider-Man stories, adventure stories, where Spider-Man learns something about himself that based on what the villain's doing bad, you know, like make it simple, make it clear and, and really bring kids in. And uh, Marvel came back with a note that was my favorite note saying, that's great. Make it a team up. Introduce uh, characters that maybe they're not as familiar with. Bring in some of our heavy hitters and uh, and let's tell stories with Spider-Man teaming up with whomever, and and we'll go from there. So the first one is a holiday-themed one, uh, Deck the Malls, with Spider-Man and Spider-Gwen taking on Venom at the malls in Queens. And it's a holiday-themed one, and it's adorable, I have to say. I love these books. I love writing them. I love reading them to kids. It's great. So we were really trying to say, like, and here's Spider-Gwen. Like, get to know her. And then uh, the second one is uh, Sand Trap, where Spider-Man and Squirrel Girl take on uh, Sandman in a playground in Central Park, which is the playground that I grew up playing in because I grew up on the Upper West Side in New York. And so we're, we set it there. And I mean, we're better to have Sandman fight them, but where there's sandboxes. <laughs> uh, and then the third one, which isn't out yet, um, but we got the advances um, the other day, is Spider-Man teaming up with Ant-Man and the Wasp to fight Doc Ock at a science fair, because of course. And they're just really fun. And it's great because I sort of assumed when I would go into schools, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to show them this new character and they're not going to know who it is. I'm going to teach them about Squirrel Girl. And then they're going to be like, she's great. And then they're going to say, first one I went to, a fourth grade, I said, okay, does anybody know who this is? And they're like, Squirrel Girl. Really? Yes. And I thought, okay, your parents are raising you right. I was yeah. very excited. <laughs> and it was great. They just, they know so many characters and they all knew who Ms. Marvel was because they always ask me, you know, who's one of your favorites? And of course, Ms. Marvel is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> um, and... But yeah, but one of we wanted to introduce new characters and and we wanted to really get them to start to feel ownership in the Marvel universe. And again, you do it young, then 
it's theirs. And that's the whole point because the Marvel Universe is um, a very democratic place, I would say. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's also, you know, it's very different. We all know sitting at this table the difference between Marvel now and sort of Marvel 10 years ago. And, you know, the level of family is still there, but like our family now extends to all of mm. our fans. Mm-hmm. And back then our fans were, you know, it was a good group of people, but it was a small Titan. Now these kids mm-hmm. who've seen the films, who've seen the animated shows, who's you know seen all these different books and products that we produce, these characters are theirs now, totally. and they're going to grow up with it. And that's kind of amazing. That like Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan is a character that internationally people can grow up with. I think it's kind right. of phenomenal. So it's Mother's Day, and obviously you have such a, a rich career, but you also have these awesome kids who we all they're adore, great. who are awesome. She's got three beautiful kids. And they're such voracious readers. And I think you've done such a great job of introducing them to all different kinds of books. But how do you get kids to read and also make sure that they're aware of different, all the different kinds of content mm-hmm. that's out there and get them to be, you know, eventually independent readers, but get them to be ex- excited about it? Well, I, you know, how do you get them to read is you give them stuff that they're interested in. That's why these books are so important to me is because I wanted, you know, it's there's such a place for the I can read like early reader books, you know, that sort of that are very simple and clear. And I really wanted to create books that were for the slightly more comfortable reader um, to have these adventure stories with content that they're interested in because all these kids love the superheroes. And so you offer them what they are interested in. And once they trust you, then you recommend something else. You know, I think that's what librarians do so well. We have amazing librarians in my kid's school. And, you know, I was I was talking with our librarian the other day and she said, my son Finn, who's seven, uh, is this unbelievable reader, which I don't know if I can take credit for, except for the fact that we all, we have so many books in our house. We just, books are everywhere. You know, she said, oh, Finn just finished this series, uh, Notebook of Doom, which is a great series. And she said, I have to find something new for him. And I thought, oh, my God, thank you. So a great librarian is the key, Mm -hmm. whether it's in your school or your neighborhood or wherever. And librarians love comic books. You know, there are some really awesome titles to plug them from Marvel Press. Like the (laughs) Squirrel Girl uh, middle grade book um, that uh, Shannon Dean Hale wrote is really fun. It's Mm -hmm. great. Um, and Miles Morales, Spider-Man. I mean, these are really good books and you can read them as comics. You can read them as prose novels now. Like there's, if you're interested in the topic, the Black Widow books uh, that yeah. Margie wrote, like those, they're, this is good stuff that's coming out. Um, and, you know, again, my kids also sit and read, you know, the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> not <enough>. um, <laughs> but, but you give them everything. And I'm not naive in that, I know that because Spider-Man is on the cover of something that I write, that's easier to get kids to read than the stuff that I do that's new character stuff. But hopefully they like that. They'll go, oh, what else did you write? What else is out there? And you can get new character stuff out there. But it's librarians and it's getting a kid to trust you. That's the first thing and giving them what they want. Do you think that you, when you write, that you're writing for your children? Well, these actually happen because of Finn. Because I, I was finishing a a young adult novel and it was, you know, nothing that it was science fiction. It was kind of dark. I was like, oh, no, I'm not reading this. It's too. called it's called Sleeper and it's really fantastic. Son is so funny. I line up. Are you, you her PR agent? Seriously, you're hilarious. Um, but <laughs> very he, good. Finn. Thank you. Finn <laughs> did say to me, you know, he was like, well, mommy, when are you going to write something for me? And I basically do anything this kid wants. So I was like, oh, I don't know. I'll come up with something. <laughs> and so coincidentally, these all worked out. 
One last thing, unless like Judy has a, a, other questions, but I just want to say one thing. So Mackenzie was the person who told me that I would go a long way at Marvel. She's like, there's a reason. She, you know, I had a lot of doubts stepping into to Marvel um, after my last job. I was like, do I want to stay in comics? I don't know. And she's like, you've got a different kind of voice to offer, but your skill set is going to allow you to go the distance at Marvel. And really, um, she gave me the confidence I needed to, one, continue working in comics, but to believe in myself and believe in my abilities. Um, and I know I love hey, you. Yeah, Everyone knows too. I love you. Okay, I talk about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and I think that's that's important to have that personal and we talk a lot about like having allies having people mm-hmm. in your support system and you were my first ally and having that in your life so uh, I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. now there's a bunch of people who are listening who probably you know are trying to figure out what they, they want to do who want to get into comics get into something else like what is your advice to them and really making the decision in terms of what career they want to do or having that confidence to do the next big thing in their life? <laughs> that's a, that's an easy question. <laughs> um, no, I do think in all seriousness, I think the most important thing is being open to whatever pops up. As I said, I was raised by people who did different things. My mom's a social worker now. When she couldn't dance anymore, she went back to college and she became a social worker. So I saw by example, people sort of going with what life threw at them in good ways and in bad um, and trying to figure out what they're going to do next and not saying no to things, um, you know, saying no to things that you don't that are you're like, OK, yeah, definitely not. But to uh, to find out more and to always ask questions and to always sort of see what the possibilities are. And again, to not be a snob, to not think, you know, everything. One of the main things that I would say to anyone starting out is uh, you don't know everything yet. I'm very confident in that now as a parent and mm-hmm. as a writer. <laughs> I don't know anything. Um, you know, I think learning from people, learning what not to do from people is just as important. So when you're in those tough situations, you know, be upset about it, be mad, but then learn from it and say, I will never treat someone like this. I will never do this. And then catch yourself when you're in a similar situation and you might want to just yell at someone like, okay, somebody yelled at me once. I'm not going to do it this way. Um, and find your people, have friends, have allies, have people to talk to, because a lot of times things are great, but everybody goes through rough patches personally at work. Actually, the funny thing about the third book, funny, I can't believe I just said it was funny. So I was writing the third book, Bugging Out, was is dedicated to my son, Miles, who's uh, going to be a year in June. And to his friends at the Mount Sinai NICU because he came 10 weeks early. And it was the craziest time of our lives. Uh, We had two older kids and I had deadlines. um, And everyone was wonderful to me and really supportive. But, you know, you still have stuff to do. And that was a time where I saw who supported me, who supported my husband, who understood that there's a larger context with everything that you do. And, um, you know, that my kids were amazing and resilient and um, and that I was very lucky and that I had to work hard and that I was going to get through it and it was all yeah. going to be fine. And um, and so that book always holds a really special place for me. Yeah. And I mean, it's comics for Pete's sake. Like at the end of the right. day, <laughs> we're doing something super fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. it's when you get frustrated, as you will in any endeavor, it's I mean, there have been times where I'm like, oh, Venom, you're so annoying. Why don't you just do what I want on this page? You know, it's it's 
at the end of the day, it's like, ooh, I get to write Venom. That's cool, <laughs> you know? And it's, you got to check yourself and you need people around you to check you and you need that support. Well, why don't you tell us where people can find you and a quick shout out to the other books that you're working on. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Uh, where can Instagram? Mackenzie Cadenhead at Mackenzie Caden. I'm terrible. You have no idea. I am you do have like, a website. Why don't you throw oh, them to your right, website? Thank you. It's just MackenzieCadenhead.com. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so check out uh, all of Mackenzie's uh, books, uh, the three Marvel superhero adventure books that are, well, two are out. One is coming out and one more forthcoming. Right. And then we've got a Sleeper and Sally's Bones and a bunch of other books. What am I forgetting? No, no, that's, okay. that's good. They're all fantastic. Thanks. Super fun. And for a different kind of reader, too. Every every single book they've written is for a different kind of reader, which is kind well, of Well, that's fantastic. comics, right? Yeah. That's like, I mean, you do different stories for I've done horror comics, kids comics, young adult coming of age comics, uh, superhero comics. Like it, that's, that's, again, that's my training. So whatever the story dictates, it's kind of where you go with it. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you guys Mama so Bear. much for having me. We appreciate it. Love you, Lai Pai. And Finn. Yeah, and Finn. Oh, yeah. And Finn and Miles. Thank you. I, I love all three of them, but I know specifically Lai Pai requested it. She, she did. Requested she requested some, some, some shout outs. So. Now they're famous. Yes. That's right. All right. Okay, this is it. We'll check you guys later. Thanks again to Mackenzie for joining us. And happy Mother's Day to all those mothers out there, including my own home in Detroit. Hopefully you guys have been checking out all of our amazing video clips we've been posting uh, for the last few months, including our new one from Dove Cameron. Uh, You can check those out at marvel.com and on our social channels. They are super fun, and I'm on camera. You should come watch me. As always, if you guys have questions or suggestions, you can email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at marvel with hashtag womanofmarvel. Plus, don't forget to check out our Instagram at thewomanofmarvel. That's it, guys. We'll check you guys next week. This is Marvel, your universe.